Hello and welcome to the Spidey Dude Radio Network. I'm Zach Joyner, owner of the website that powers the podcast and executive producer of the Spidey Dude Radio Network. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome you to the Spectacular Spider-Man Sima Era Podcast, a podcast all about Sal's run on the Spectacular Spider-Man. Before I turn it over to our host, Chris, I wanted to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash Network. They help sponsor the show. Greg, Vinkman, Scott, Kaylee, and Phoenician, thank you all for your support. And if you want to get some more info, check it out at that aforementioned website at patreon.com slash network to get more perks, like getting some shows early. And we'll have more coming very, very soon. They'll get some exclusives very soon. Stay tuned for that. Finally, before I go, I want to encourage you to check out our other fine programs, Spidey Experience, ASM Classics, Make Mine Mayday, Bogan Rider Variety Hour, Clone Saga Chronicles, Spectacular Radio, and Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles podcast. Be sure to leave feedback on the respective feeds, give us a five-star review, and leave feedback uh, the email address at thatradiohorror at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to this exciting episode of the show, and now, here's Chris. We are talking about Spectacular Spider-Man number 143, and uh, so it's Deadline in Dallas, uh, and it's published in 1988, written by Jerry Conway, art and inks by Sal Basima, letters by Rick Parker, colorist was Bob Sharon, editor-in-chief Tom DeFalco, and the editor at the time was Jim Salkrup. So while still under the influence of the Persuader's brainwashing, the Punisher arrives in Big D, Dallas, on a mission to kill the Lobo brothers. Upon learning of his arrival in the Metroplex, Peter Parker quickly schedules a Webb's book signing at the local Dallas bookstore. Later that evening, the web slinger pays a visit to the Lobo Brothers' mansion in Grapevine, and shortly thereafter, the battle erupts. Who is going to win the fight, and who is going to pay the ultimate price? First appearance of Carlos Lobo and Eduardo Lobo. Cameo appearances by the Arranger, the Kingpin, and the clone of Gwen Stacy. <laughs> uh, and it had a note the saga Gwen Stacy's clone continues in Spectacular Spider-Man annual number 8 there we go take it away Chris which we won't cover for several months until after the uh, Inferno storyline so we'll get back to that <clears throat> even though that's taking place right now and that's the engi- that's the giant uh, evolutionary war episode we'll probably do over at uh Last pages. Uh, yeah, so Spider-Man is looking for the Punisher because um, they were supposed to meet up and hang out and, you know, exchange uh, coffee recipes. But they uh, Punisher didn't show up because he was under the thrall of this uh, one-hit wonder mutant we never, ever see again who's on the cover, by the way. <laughs> Spoiler alert, the Punisher kills him. <laughs> 
that's why the Punisher doesn't have a rogues gallery, by the way. What a horrible, anyway, that's a, so, a horrible costume. So this is issue 143. We don't get back to the Lobo Brothers for quite some time, and it will be a tie-in going on with uh, what's happening in Web of Spider-Man at the same time. Uh, so more on that uh, when we get to it. But yeah, the Lobo Brothers, if you can't figure it out by their name, they have something to do with wolves. Uh, are they I, mutants? I, I can't. I'm not 100% certain. So. <laughs> it's okay, Drew. Go for it. <laughs> I know. I just, I can't. Like, th- th- this is ridiculous. Also on top of it, can we just, uh, Chris, I'm sure you, we're going to point it out. I can't stop looking at it. The ship is called Golden Girl. Oh, yeah. Like, it was owned by a mobster the Punisher killed and he took his boat. <laughs> okay. That, that's great. I mean, I see that and I just, you know. I just want to, you know, I just imagine Spider-Man telling Frank Castle, thank you for being a friend. And then I was like, nope, he would not say that. He, he nope. would. No, nope, no, no. God, no. Although it would not surprise me if Frank Castle was a fan. Uh, yeah. so, so while Spider-Man is looking for the Punisher, the Arranger is trying to, commit, you know, tell Kingpin about, hey, look at the good job I'm doing with, uh, you know, taking care of the Punisher and the Lobo Brothers. And all Daredevil, all the freaking Kingpin is concerned with is Daredevil. Must kill Daredevil. Must get Daredevil. How the hell is a blind man able to always keep besting me? I don't understand. I'm the kingpin. This is a continuing problem even right now in the comic books. Daredevil's in prison. Electra's running around as Daredevil. And Fisk is the mayor of New York City. And Daredevil is still vexing him. <laughs> Wait, yeah. It... Uh, Electro's mm-hmm. running around as Daredevil? Yep. She's the new Daredevil. Yeah, because Matt's in prison. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's actually, it's actually supposedly really good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I I completely agree with you on that, Chris. Because you know, and it, it, he goes from such tangents. He's like, I'm I'm the mayor of New York. This king and black thing just undermined me. I got to take back my rap control. And he's like, How can I do this? And the people are just like, We're gonna we're gonna kill Daredevil because all the other times didn't work, but this time. We're really gonna do it. This is not the first time, by the way, Daredevil's been in prison. Brian Michael Bendez stuck him in prison too, by the way, uh, during yeah. his run of the story. So it's like, guys, why are we doing this again? You could have just had Matt like pretend to be dead or go someplace else or be more blind than normal. Like he's like regular blind without the heightened sense powers, and that's why Electra is Daredevil. But whatever, I'm not gonna get into that. We're not a Daredevil podcast. Um, Spider Man ditches Mary Jane after seeing the Punisher on the news and goes to Dallas for. I don't know why he says to her the way he does. Hey, honey. Oh my God, it's the Punisher. I gotta go to Dallas. He could have just said, "Hey, honey, don't forget, I have to go to Dallas to go go do the book signing for Webs for Skinflint and Johnny Jonah Jameson." But the way they write it right here is really bad, especially with all the guys that are hitting on MJ, and then you know, normal looking guy Peter Parker shows up. It's not written very well. Then we flash back to the Punisher. He blows up an oil refinery. Then we flash back to Peter. He's arrived in Dallas with his publicist, and he gets a lowdown on the Lobo brothers and who they are and how they're like revolutionaries in Mexico. They, you know, uh, turn the tide against a bunch of other drug dealers. But what's their real secret? We won't quite know yet. Again, it's in their name if you can't figure it out. Peter goes to his book signing for webs, and this is an ongoing story arc in all of the Spider-Man titles. All the while, he even mentions uh, MJ being kidnapped by um, uh, an obsessed fan named Caesar, who stuck, uh, who, who he, um, she was kidnapped by Taskmaster, and Spider-Man defeated Taskmaster, and then a couple mm-hmm. of characters named Sticks and Stones went after Spider-Man. He defeated them too, got MJ back, but this is going to lead into a big drama problem with Peter and MJ, as they are going to be very homeless very soon. 
but they just got the new apartment. Right, and the guy who owns the building is MJ's obsessed fam. Who's like, oh, well, if I can't have you, I will kidnap you and keep you in a basement, all for my pleasure. <laughs> yeah, so they get a no victory very soon during the Inferno storyline. Uh, and they have to go live with Aunt May. And they live with Aunt May for several months, actually. Spider-Man finds the complex that the Punisher's at, and he is under the thrall still of the Persuader and at a uh, standoff with the Lobo brothers. Now, I just want to p- quickly point out that at least three people get shot in this. Lobo brothers, Spider-Man, and the Persuader, and never do we see blood. Why? Comic Code Authority. Of course. No. Yes. It's really dumb. You see the Lobo get shot in the in the shoulder. You see Spider-Man get shot in the head. Or, or grazed, and then you see um, the the persuader get shot in the chest. Could have sworn we... Uh, hold on, wasn't there Right a... there. Right there. You see Spider-Man? It's not blood, it's his spider sense. Yeah, it's spider sense, but somebody got shot in the shoulder. Yeah, you see a little bit of blood on the back of uh, the persuader. Okay, yeah, just a little, bit. a little bit of blood, but I mean, <laughs> a wound like that should have been like the yeah, back... It's a ketchup thing. Yeah, ketchup <laughs> Yeah, that's a ketchup stain. Don't you know? Like that—that's that, the problem when you have those those completely all white costumes. It is just hell on your dry cleaning bill. You know, right? And and you know, so so. And, and it's 1988. RoboCop would have just came out. We have seen what happens with a gun like RoboCop's. The Punisher would have. <laughs> yeah, look, look at that. That's some Judge Dread level. You know, uh, anarchy right there. That is just you. You shoot someone, they're going down. You know. But and I also like to point out the entire time the Little Brothers could we put on pants? Like I no, get that we're uh, they're they're yeah. they're swinging twin brother bachelors in their speedos. They're gonna show off their Wolverine style bodies, which is basically what they have covered in hair. Again, Lobo, yeah. ha ha ha. We'll get to it. Oh yeah, I I, I can't. <laughs> I don't know what they are exactly. I think we get to it eventually. There's a there is. The issue that made me fall in love with Spectacular Spider-Man that comes up in the 150 issues with the Lobo brothers. One of them starts dating Gloria Grant, the uh, you know uh, uh, secretary of J. Jonah Jameson. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it's something straight out of a freaking horror movie. Let me tell you. <laughs> no, no, nobody, re- nobody recaps like you, buddy. Let me tell you that. Like you just, I'm just. It's funny because like I've read it. And whatnot, and I'm just looking at it now, and I'm just I, I, like, it's so ridiculous. I feel like I just want to kind of rip on it. Like I was like, look, it's Frank Castle lifeguard right there, you know? <laughs> little little, sp- little spider Peters is not nope, not on my watch. Yep, nope, can't check. Yep, gotta check your pulse underwater because that's the only way to, to uh, also uh, lecture the Punisher about killing people is bad. <laughs> <laughs> and how shallow is that pool? I mean, what the hell? Uh, I mean, it's probably waist deep, and Spider-Man, don't forget, is unconscious, and so... Waist deep, the water goes up to his knees. You could, you could, (laughs) I mean, if you're, don't forget, Spider-Man got shot in the head, so he's, uh, he's not shot in the head yet, right, in this panel. Leo, when you're rich, you can afford the really deep level pools, you know? Have you seen, like, have you seen Lethal Weapon, man? I mean, people can die getting wrapped up in a pool tarp, you know? Uh Yeah. It's, you know, any, anything's possible. And remember, he's Frank Castle. I mean, the guy, guys, it was John Wick before John Wick. He's like, I'm going to kill you with a pencil. How big is your head? Like a foot? So two feet deep of water and your head's underneath it? You could drown. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, who has a pool that shallow? I mean, can't dive oh. in it. 
the, the, the two wild and crazy guys who, you know. <laughs> we're wild and crazy guys. I, I just, exactly, just, you know, you see them the whole time. And for, like, you know, the thing is, I just don't understand why people, like, I maybe it's a shock thing. If somebody was trying to murder me and they were distracted by somebody else who is a costume person who they're inevitably fighting, the first thing I would do is, okay, they're distracted. I'm going to get the hell out oh, of yeah, here. Oh, yeah, totally. So, but they just, they always just stand around and I'm just like, okay, it's the Punisher. Give yourself a little bit more time. And do you, do you really want to die in a black Speedo? Like, what a horrible way to go out. It was like, <laughs> man, he's dead, but boy, he was ripped. That is just an open <laughs> casket funeral right there, buddy. My so only just... question is um, the Lobos, after one of them gets shot, they kind of disappear from the panels. It's like, did they run into the house? Did the Punisher not really think about him too much? Because all it's all we see is the one Lobo get shot. You flip through the panels, the Lobos disappear until everyone's gone, and then they come back out with the whole like "Mio Mio," the War of the Low Hermanos de la Luna is not over, Eduardo. It is only the beginning. Ha 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 ha! Aroo! Basically. Yeah, didn't these guys come back in a like? I seem to recall like a pair of brothers that menaced a. Wasn't like like um, the Scarlet Spider. I seem to remember there was like I just remember there was a pair of like werewolf like brothers who like showed up in the uh, the Scarlet um, Spider series ages ago, and I, I kind of was like, are these like you know what I mean? Like you know how people bring back old characters? Like no one's using this guy. Let's just a new coat of paint, flip one, the origin. Yeah, one of the two Lobos gets killed. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know then, what happened then. to the other one. I don't know if he still lived on. I don't know where he is today. I know he got brought back as a corpse clone during Ben Riley's clone conspiracy crappy storyline. But that's a whole other bag to unpack that oh, we can yeah. when we have the host of the spectacular clone saga on the show with us to cover the Gwen clone plotline, which we will get back to. Um, or you mean you? Or you mean Gwen Spacey? Just out of curiosity, I just want to make sure. Yes, you know, the Gwen, okay, Gwen Spacey. Uh, yeah. Whatever. The, uh, the, yeah. Yeah. She's going to be revealed to be okay. So long story short, Gwen Stacy is going to be revealed to be a chick that uh, was like manipulated DNA to be turned into Gwen Stacy. But that's all going to get retconned later on when the Clone Saga starts in the '90s. So we're not even going to get into it right now. We have an entire clone episode coming up, issue 149, annual number eight, with somebody who covered every single issue of the Clone Saga on a podcast. That's a lot of clones. It is going to be a big episode. That's after already covering Inferno for four weeks, too. (laughs) I'm already getting, like, PTSD. I was like, Inferno... Oh god! <laughs> Next issue we cover is uh, San Diego with Peter off to do his continuing book tour signing for webs, and he encounters his future roommate Boomerang. Yes, Spider-Man and Boomerang are roommates with uh, Randy Robertson currently in the Spider books. I'm done. It's so ridiculous. Uh, Jerry Conway, by the way, would take over duties for Web of Spider-Man in the next coming, uh, up, upcoming issues. In fact, I think he writes uh, Web of Spider-Man into the uh, early fifties. Have you guys? Did you guys ever get to meet Jerry Conway? Uh, Have you ever no, met him? I'm come on this podcast. I, I actually got to meet him um, about two years ago. It was, he was at NYCC, and you know, for like again, you know, it's, it's Jerry Conway, and I'm sure by now he, th- I think he, th- he's he's signed every death of Gwen Stacy ever published. Um, you know, because you know, like when you see the really popular guys when they've done something significant. Like I remember when I met Mark Wade. 
I think he said he's thought he signed every copy of Kingdom Come by now, and then someone gives him another one. <laughs> he's like, all right, fine. After this, um, though, he was a very nice guy, uh, very you know older gentleman. But uh, I had I didn't have a Spider Man something. I had something DC related. But no, he's very chill, and uh, you know he's got that grandpa older comics guy feel to him. But he's very nice, very chill, very friendly. And uh, reading this, I'm like, not every one of them was a winner. The cover, I think, is fantastic. Where I, I always love the uh, word balloons on a cover to you know signify something more than just being like, "Ooh, look, a pretty piece of art." Which I hate about covers sometimes. I like it when the cover actually depicts what's going on in the book. The persuaders controlling the Punisher to kill Spider Man. That happens in the book. Does this line appear in the book? No. You can't refuse Persuader. Do it. Kill Spider-Man now. Death in Dallas. Get started the Punisher. I love all that. That's fantastic. It tells me what's going to happen in the comic book. It doesn't reveal anything. I know the Punisher is not going to kill Spider-Man. Or maybe I don't if I don't know who the Punisher is exactly. Um, where is the Punisher these days? Because this is, by the way, the final appearance of the Punisher. So we should get into it, Leo. The Punisher appeared uh, on the steps of Washington, D.C. with a bunch of other crazy people trying to break into a Capitol building. And months prior to that, he pretty much got swept under the rug and disappeared from Marvel's um, printing schedule due to the COVID-19 pandemic canceling a ton of books at Marvel. We haven't seen mm. The Punisher since. And Marvel has refused to comment about the whereabouts of The Punisher since then. A lot of people think they should just retire the logo of The Punisher because the Netflix TV series and that Dolph Lundgren movie didn't use it to good or bad fanfare. So why does he still need the logo? Because it's iconic. I think give it a few months, the Punisher will be back with the logo after we have settled down from political nonsense. Uh, also, can you just can we just admire for a second, and, and I'm sure this is just a thing of the time, where just how clean that costume is. Like, that is just some clean, like, you know, I'm used to the Punisher getting torn up shredded you know the the skull is dirty and whatnot it's just pristine like he looks like an action figure right um, yeah definitely you know and i wonder uh, i, I yeah. wonder if they look at this cover with his color being slightly green i do not understand the 90s cartoon series punisher being in a green costume or light blue sky blue costume i don't know if that's because they couldn't animate black very well I mean, because that's why Venom and the Spider-Man black and white costume were slightly colored sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, this black, you know, with the white emblem Punisher look has always been fantastic. I, it's 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 so iconic, I think. Well, uh, to answer just uh, your point about the Spider-Man animated series, it was more just because, again, you had the limits of animation at that time, which were still growing. And also you had a lot of that censorship from, I think it was, it was Fox, right? It was Fox uh, doing that? Right. Um, Spider-Man was allowed to throw a punch, for God's sake. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. Let, let, let's The biggest things I always remember was that nobody had a gun everybody had like laser guns Ugh. because that was just better i was like yeah you know we don't have guns but you know and no and everybody had the accuracy he's like everyone had the accuracy of a stormtrooper you know it was just but you know and yeah, then and they got around the, the biggest punisher, one they got around the punisher's uh violent thing by like microchipping like hey this one time frank how about you don't kill anybody okay this one time yeah, and then, and then don't forget the the biggest one was Morbius. Like you can't show oh. him, you can't show him biting people and sucking out their blood. But you could have those like little suckers in his palms, which to me looked even. I'm like, no, that's more terrifying. With little, you know, I th I could have sworn they had like little teeth in them. I was like, right. no, this is this is horrifying. 
I don't want to shake someone's hand and I'm suddenly drained like a fruit roll up. Just like, because I don't think we're ever going to cover the Punisher again on this podcast, just because I don't think he appears in Spectacular for either quite some time or again for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Going back to the Sorry. animated series real quick, one of the best episodes is when the Punisher thinks Peter Parker is the Green Goblin because he's looking into the disappearance of Mary Jane. And there is this yeah. funny, funny as hell moment where Harry Osborn is the Green Goblin, shows up and starts pumpkin bombing Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker and Spider-Man. And Punisher's like, what the hell is going on? And Spider-Man and Peter says, well, that must be me up there. What the hell is going on? I thought Peter Parker was the Green Goblin. <laughs> listen, I'm still getting over the fact that we actually saw a freaking man spider. Like that, that has terrified me. For years, because I, like again, I have some slight arachnophobia, which is funny because one of my favorites is Spider Man. So I was like, this makes no sense. But like, just to see that, I was just like, no, this is nightmares. Like, my favorite hero has turned into a giant. This is like the 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 spider version of the fly right now. This is freaking me out. Like, you know, and he's like roaring and and uh, get you know just webs people up, doesn't eat anybody. And I'm just like, listen, if this was real life, okay, those people would be dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just, it was one of those, it was like, okay, we can't slow Spider-Man throwing a punch, but we can show him mutating into nightmare fuel. What? I I was always curious, like, how the hell were they going to do Black Cat when they announced they were going to do Black Cat? Because I wasn't, like, as knowledgeable as I am about how things work right now, but I've always pictured Black Cat as this, like, low-cut double D chested looking character and they I was like how are you gonna do that in the cartoon this doesn't make any sense and like oh she like super soldier mutates from like college 19 year old girl to full grown body woman with a deeper voice or Jennifer Hale just uses a deeper voice but they didn't do the giant V you know plunging v-neck look on her or mm-hmm. uh, Calypso, another character that is just, oh, you know, incredibly sexualized, especially if you read Torment, was on the Spider-Man cartoon as well. Um, mm-hmm. Or like Blade's mother's origin story with, do, do with prostitution and stuff like that. You know, again, not quite an understanding about how they would change things or how things work or why they would change things and understanding the concept of writing in general uh you know when i'm a teenager that really baffled me because i got deep dives into like blade story and origin story and morbius and black cat and the punisher and the punisher they they do his origin story really quick you know it's a it's uh you know they got the laser rifles and then it's the uh his kid's uh kite falls into the ground with the skull logo you know in the water yep not, you know, although I will say before we get go back to, to the comic is my my girlfriend had the funniest thing to say when we were watching it when I was on Hulu. We were just watching it and she was like, you know, Peter Parker's kind of thirsty. Like, you know, what I mean, he's like he he's he's fiending for Mary Jane. Then he's going for Felicia. And then at the same time, someone else might come along and he's kind of feeling her. And he just goes <laughs> he yo-yos back and forth. And I was like, yo, he's a thirsty bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, but everything is just like, but I can't i can't be with you because the responsibilities of spider-man well Judy, they, i was like i was like no you might peter you might be kind of a hoe <laughs> like like you, you know what i mean like i was like you're my boy but like you might need an intervention right now like peter this is a place of love 
I think you really need to commit to one girl, buddy. So you got to. It, it's like um, was that Spider Man three quote? I, I, yep. I, I, oh my! Oh my! Oh my! It was like you know, I went from a strawberry to a blonde, like a blonde to a strawberry, and I'm like, okay, I can't. I'm like, wow, you just made that joke. Like, I can't. And there was a there is a funny gif. I have got to find it somewhere of Eric Christopher Barnes who voices uh, Peter Parker on that cartoon about his mm-hmm. addiction to redheads because he's also Eric the Prince in the Little Mermaid. <laughs> And he's like, it's it's something about fire crotches and redheads, and it's like a four panel gr- of gifts because he plays another animated voiceover whose wife is a redhead. I, I, you know the funny thing? I always sus- I wondered. I was like, why why doesn't like Spider Man friends with Scott Summers because they basically had the same issue with their love life. They went from red to blonde, and then back to red. So I was just like, my dude. Or, like, or, why aren't or, you best bros? Or, or, or uh, Drew, uh, Spider-Man and, and Scott Summers definitely also have that connection because on the animated series, what is Mary Jane revealed to be? A clone! A water clone! And what did Scott Summers marry? A clone of his late girlfriend, Madeline Pryor. <laughs> yep, who his brother was also crushing on. And I was just like, boy, you X-Men just don't ever... You're like you, we we talked about drama in 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 Vision Quest. I was like, excellent. I was like, my God, you soap opera motherfuckers! Like, uh, real quick, the ads in this issue before we end the episode. Yeah. The tangent of the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. Uh, mm-hmm. Look, my no more wires. The Freedom Stick controller for from Camricon. This was like the power joystick thing for the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System. Ooh, I had one uh, of those. Power. Uh, add to order some East Coast comic books from Trenton, New Jersey, which is uh, pretty funny. Um, the uh, the Marvel's 1965 to 1979 Grand Warehouse sale. Another ad to basically order comic books from this comic book. Whereas today, I would take my phone, go on eBay, look up Marvel Tales reprint number two, and just order it from some guy who's got it posted to eBay right now. Uh, just a heads up, that controller is a piece of shit. I ended up returning mine. I was checking on an eBay sale. What was that? Uh, I was going to say the profile is because the bullpen bulletins have a profile for every issue that uh, is great to mention for Terry Cavanaugh. I don't quite know who that is, but uh, he was the editor for Marvel Comics Presents Excalibur, Speedball, and Wolfpack, which did not have the Lobo Brothers in it. Well, that's it's not cool. worth it, man. No. By the way, if the Lobo Brothers are mutants, unless they're mystical mute, uh, mystical wolf-like people, I wonder why they've never crossed paths with the X-Men or Wolverine or anything like that. There is a story that's ready to be written. Well, if they're wolf people, why not you know, mix them up with Blade? That, that He hunts what, vampires. Where's the werewolf by night crossover? That's what I want to know. Like, well, come on. Like, currently see right that now, and... Yeah, mm-hmm. currently right now, the werewolf by night is a Native American. Hey, there you go. You know, and then again, when Blade or whoever shows up, you just do that. I'm not with them. I'm not with them. I'm a separate werewolf. That we are just we look furry and scary, but hero bad guy. Shoot them, not me. That's one of those. That, but I don't have any more notes for this issue of Spectacular Spider-Man. Chris, where do you like people interacting with you? I also do another comic book podcast, which we have a new episode coming out this week. Goth Girl Horror, the Hackslash podcast dedicated nice. to Steely's book. And you can also find my own graphic novel, which just came out, Lada a Dracula Tale. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. We are uh, putting in our third batch of orders now. 
That is crazy. It's dun, dun, dun. I I uh, thank God at least what part of batch number two, at least 120 copies of it are going to one set of stores out in New York, New Jersey. I don't have to pack up and mail every individual issue. He's getting them all from the printer and he's going to distribute them between his five stores. That is awesome. Cool. Yeah. Congratulations again. Thank you. And uh, what about you, Drew? Yeah, if you are interested enough to reach out, I'm, I'm Drew Malo. You can look me up on Facebook. I'm GhostbusterMan1984 on Instagram. And you can always just look me up. Uh, I do articles for Screen Rant. I'm around. I might respond. I might not. You know, it's the gamble you choose. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and for me, just Google Leo Pondy. Find a bunch of stuff. Could be true, could be not. But more importantly, follow these awesome people. And uh, with that, I want to thank everybody. And we'll catch you guys later. Bye. 